Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunandgeeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Doctor Strange gets closer to Spider-Man. More big changes are coming to some movies. And could the biggest hit of 2020 be free? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please send us out that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever you can to support us here, including maybe some Facebook gaming stars our way, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is at CastleFPV on Twitter because Instagram He's still on that self-imposed silence there. It is my good friend. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, welcome back for another episode. You're not tired of me yet, are you? No, not at all. And in fact, it's been such a great time. We were just talking about continuing on for a few more episodes here. Josh is loving it because any type of vacation for me is better for him. But we got a great show coming up for you today. Marcus and I are going to be talking about... One of his favorite subjects. Okay, I'm being facetious when I say that. Movie changes. But some big movie changes again as more AAA movies get pushed back. And one notable exception gets pushed up. So we'll talk about that coming up here in a sec. There's a new movie that isn't being pushed back or moved up. It's still coming out in December. And it came out with a new trailer this week that exploded onto the internet. We'll talk about that, and could this movie be the biggest hit in what's been considered probably one of the worst movie years of all time? We'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes as well. I want to go ahead and give a big shout-out to our upcoming guest in the back half of the show, Lucas Egan of the Las Vegas Review Journal. He covers video games, esports like no other. And he and Ryan Smith host an awesome podcast called Lamp Parties on the Las Vegas Review Journal's website, or wherever you get your podcast, where they cover the latest and greatest news, just like we do in the world of video games. So if you want to 
different slant outside of what we talk about when we're talking about video games, obviously go ahead and hit there. But I'm going to have him on the show on the back half of the hour where we talk esports and the upcoming video game console generation. Plus, also, I have a review of these bad boys right here. This is from our friends at One More. This is right here, the Quad Drivers in-ear headphones. I did a review on this at popculturecosmos.com, but I want to go ahead and tell you my thoughts right here on the radio show coming up in a few minutes, plus the Bluetooth adapter. But I want to tell you why you should consider this package coming up here in a bit as well. And of course, we will also honor the late Eddie Van Halen, Johnny Nash, and Marcus and I are thinking about five great pop culture holiday gifts that you can get us. Hint, hint, hint. I'm just kidding, but maybe someone will get us this holiday season. I want to start the show with some news that came in that Marvel is going ahead and sent out Doctor Strange to search for Spider-Man and become that mentor in his life that Iron Man was. But now that Iron Man's gone, Doctor Strange is going to step in. Your thoughts on Benedict Cumberbatch, who actually during the time that they were promoting the Avengers movies, actually in real life, they were paired together to do a lot of interviews. So Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland are quite familiar with each other. In fact, Benedict Cumberbatch was the one famous for covering Tom Holland's mouth when it was talking about him trying to let out some secrets. So I want to mm-hmm. hear your thoughts on Doctor Strange heading over to Spider-Man 3 and becoming the new mentor for Spider-Man. I mean, this this just seems logical right now, and this is a little bit of a real-world logic crossing over with a little bit of a comic book logic, I, I would say. And you really pointed out the, the most important thing there. They have a really, really, really good chemistry. And if you think back to a couple years ago when they were doing all the interviews, just like you said, Benedict Cumberbatch was right there to cover his mouth. You can see how playful they were with each other. It, was, it almost felt like a younger brother, older brother kind of situation there. And even though it was Tony Stark's role to play as the mentor at that time, it's obvious that that role needs to continue. He needs to have that mentor to help him develop as a superhero. This is just a kid we're talking about or a kid that's developed into a young man. So he still needs that guidance. So I'm on board with this. And as a character, I do enjoy Doctor Strange. I would be interested to see how the fans are going to be reacting to this. But I agree with you, my friend. This is something that we're going to see as far as from a mentor standpoint. I think it's the best decision they can make. And maybe it's because his movie's being pushed back with Sam Raimi directing on it. But you got to remember, he's not only doing the second Doctor Strange movie with Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be mentoring her, possibly, as well as mentoring him. So his place, as far as in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is really complete. I mean, he's going to be around for years to come, and he's going to be a very busy man between all these movies. And I'm sure he'll be showing up in other people's movies moving forward as well in 2022, 2023 kind of situation. Things that just haven't been announced yet, or we haven't announced the casting on them yet. So it is Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange that's going to be a part of Spider-Man 3. I see it in a similar vein that we've seen already with Iron Man, so that aspect is, is good. But obviously the first step is trying to find spider-man because spider-man as we last saw in that closing credit scene is going to be on the run you know we were talking last week about jamie fox's electro coming back from the spider-man movie this yep. is a franchise that's doing nothing but going up right now i'm sure there's more up the sleeve here time will tell with marvel always and what's interesting my friend is that tom holland is filming uncharted first which i think under normal circumstances if he wasn't already filming that movie probably 
you know, with the economic circumstances surrounding what's going on with as far as the lack of theaters and, and what's going on with COVID and all that might not get done and might have stayed in development hell forever when you think about it, because it's that unproven IP right now as far as from a film standpoint. So I want to go ahead and say, yes, I'm happy that Uncharted is going to be done. Is it the way I want it to be done on, on screen? I've said again, this is not the way I would have wanted to see an Uncharted movie, but I'm glad that at least it's being done. So after he does that, he is going to go step into the role of Spider-Man 3 once again with, like you said, Jamie Foxx, like we mentioned last week, and also Benedict Cumberbatch in the role of Doctor Strange as well. I just pulled up the Uncharted movie real quick. It looks like in September they moved filming all the way over to Berlin entirely, Mm -hmm. and they've resumed but do do you know any further information on that are they close to wrapping or they well well, they they must be close to wrapping it they were only like one or two days in when covid hit and when they had to shut down earlier this year so that's the reason why that i think that they had to prioritize filming that movie first over spider-man and that's why they bumped the filming of spider-man back but again it comes down to this type of unproven IP on a movie screen, even though it's garnered millions and millions of sales in the gaming scene, it's an unproven movie IP, which looking at it now, six months later, Sony may have just put that back on the shelf. But now that Tom Holland's done it, now that they're finished filming it, the genie's already left the bottle with that one. So you're going to put that out eventually, someday on the theaters, maybe 2022 at this point in time, who knows? But again, at least it's something that's going to come out. At least it's going to, something gets made. And this goes back to our discussion back earlier when we talked about how movies are now going to be reevaluated as far as whether or not these companies are going to spend the money on certain projects simply because of the fact that they don't have as much money as they once did. Gerald, I actually have a really important question here for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the movie industry is going to maintain here over the next year with AMC and Regal announcing that they're starting to shut down more theaters. Exactly what I'm saying. The movie industry is in peril right now, like we've never seen it before. Well, yeah, and that's you were just saying that with the declining budgets moving forward, but I I just don't understand how we come out on the other side with any movie theaters. Well, that's Uh, that's the thing that also Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman 1984, director of that, and also Wonder Woman, she has said that these changes could be permanent and may not be reversible. Insane. What are your thoughts out there on Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange heading to the world of Spider-Man and being part of the Spider-Verse coming up for Spider-Man 3? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, I want to talk to you real quick about the delays. Speaking of which, which is obviously your favorite subject, as you have noted on almost every podcast that we've done together recently. Yeah. First off, the Batman... It's been moved back to 2022. Dune, that just got delayed, which I called on Monday's show, by the way. I called it. I called it. That was moved the next day after I called it. That was moved to next December of 2021. Matrix 4 is one of the only movies that's being moved up right now. One of the very few. And that's been moved up to December of 2021 as opposed to its April of 2022. And that was actually, I think, ping pong back before. That was moved back before. So this is moving back up. People are going to need a scorecard here for a sec because all these movies that are being ping pong back and forth, it's just incredible. But then you also have The Flash. That's been moved to November 2022. There's also Shazam 2. It's been pushed back to 2023 in June. 
Black Adam and Minecraft have been taken off the schedule entirely. Then you have the problems with Jurassic World Dominion. That's been moved back to 2022. And they're trying to film it right now, but they can't because of a coronavirus outbreak on the set. All these big issues with movies being pushed around all over the place. It's so confusing for everyone out there. And in fact, going forward, people are not going to take release dates seriously because they think they're just going to be moved. Absolutely. We're doing irreparable damage right now. And and the big changes that DC announced this week with all their movies, James Bond was the final straw for a lot of these movies. When they finally well, announced that... It was for Cineworld, that's for sure. Yeah. When they announced that James Bond wasn't going to be launching worldwide this November... It killed everything. I feel like that just took the wind out of the sails for not only the movie theaters, but a lot of the other movies around the world that we're hoping that they could get out this year. It was heavily reliant for the UK market because that earns big dollars in the UK market. Cineworld, which has the Regal locations here in the United States, but is mainly a UK theater provider, they're in the process of shutting down completely. And that's just a very sad sign. Yeah, it's it's and like we were just talking about two minutes ago and like we've talked about for the last month, this is doing irreparable damage to our entertainment industry. And it's not anything we can do about it right now. I think on the other side, it's going to require us to be better patrons to the movie theaters again. Stop pirating things online. But I know that's a huge culture here in the United States. But I think if on the other side of COVID, when things start getting back to normal, people have the funds to do the things that they normally would do. We need to make sure we're being patrons to the movie theaters as they, as they open back up if we want to see entertaining movies in the next five, seven years. So what are your thoughts out there on all these movies ping-ponging all over the place when it comes to release dates? Are you going to be heading back to the movies whenever it's safe to do so? Are you going there now? Or have you really just decided that, you know what, at least in the short-term and even long-term future, just to sit at home and wait for these movies to come VOD? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of movies, there's one movie that a lot of people are really getting excited about that I and Josh were really high on from the beginning. That I think we were. I may have been on the fence, but <laughs> you know what? Okay, I'll just say this. I'll just throw this all out. That Josh and I did note, and I think we were pretty high on, and that was Free Guy. And Free Guy came out with another trailer and it dropped on Monday, and a lot of people are really excited for this. It's a Disney movie that they are sticking sticking right now which again i would keep that on a pencil and eraser there that they are sticking to that december release date so i'm interested to hear your thoughts it garnered about 50 million plus views that trailer did in its first 24 hours which it's not quite marvel like but it's close it's very close to marvel like numbers it's like DC numbers. It's like it's like any real top movie numbers outside of the Marvel. You know, Marvel just gets out through the stratosphere. So you know, you and I both know that. But yeah, it's, I, I wanna, I've never heard somebody say it's like DC numbers and meant well, it as like DC a, and Marvel like a slap. still. Yeah, sorry for the backhanded compliment there for DC, but DC is still not at level where it comes out and it's the same type of reaction that they get as Marvel gets. You got to admit that. You got to. Yeah. Admit that. 
But anyways, yeah, I as I was saying, what are your thoughts on Free Guy getting the kind of interest? People want to see something. They want to see something that they perceive as really good entertainment. And this is not just a Ryan Reynolds, I'm here for a cash grab, I'm going to Netflix and shooting up things and cursing all the time, like he's already done a couple times already. This is something that is a different beat. It's a kind of a novel concept. I like the fact that he's an NPC in a video game that no longer wants to be an NPC in a video game. And the way that it's being presented is truly one of a kind. This is a beautiful concept. You know, this guy is just going to realize that he's a back character in an open world video game. And it feels like a little bit of Just Cause, the video game series. Yes. Just Cause. Yeah. Uh, mixed with Just uh, Cause. Ready Player just One. Cause. Just Cause. <laughs> but it feels like that mixed with a little bit of Ready Player One with a little bit of other stuff going on. But this is going to be a great movie. I, I watched the trailer twice in the lead up to our episode today. And I had no clue anything had been released yet on the movie other than just the announcement and some of the teasers. But I watched that trailer, and, and I know I keep throwing out some comparisons here, but this feels like a, an explosive movie waiting to happen. It's going to have that Deadpool-esque level of, of humor and, and in, I don't want to say intelligence, but you know there might be a little intelligence there. <laughs> well, this movie is a movie I think that is going to be one of those few movies that can actually take advantage of the situation because... Let's say it was going to come out during normal times, around December. I think it got pushed back originally. I think it's going to be a summer movie, if I'm not mistaken, or late summer movie. And then it got pushed back to December. I'm just going off the top of my head here, so you have to bear with me. But I think it got pushed back. But had it come out when it was originally going to come out in an original climate, in a normal climate, I think it would have gotten buried. But Ooh. I think now people are really paying attention to this because... It's coming at a time where it's coming out literally almost by itself as a premier movie and outside of the award movies that are going to be coming around that time that are trying to go ahead and garner acclaim for Oscars and trying to get noticed and things of that nature that you'll see that are either going to come out limited in theaters and going to go straight to VOD or coming out on Netflix or any other streaming outlet. This is something that is different that people want to go ahead and now check out and now is getting the attention because it's not being pushed back anymore. It's not being pushed back to any stretch. Disney is going to support this. Disney sees this as an opportunity where, hey, this is that movie that doesn't cost as much as some of the other stuff that we're doing that we have to push back. We're going to take a gamble on this film and we're going to go ahead and see what we can do with it. So we think this could be a really big hit for us. And in the circumstances right now, a really big hit, you should gauge differently. You can't say a really big hit is a billion-dollar movie because there's nothing that out there right now. Even Avengers Endgame, you know, if it came out, couldn't get a billion dollars. It may, but I don't think it could in the certain circumstances, especially with all the theaters closed. But under the circumstances, this could be – now the standards are lower, but it could be one of the biggest hits of 2020. This is definitely one of those movies that's going to tip the scales here. I'm just looking through the history of this movie, the production history of this movie. This is one that was started with 20th Century Fox and then got transitioned after the, the buyout there over to Disney. I'm kind of excited, and actually it might be the first or the second, to continue production under Disney ownership. So I'll be excited to see how that transition plays into the film itself. And I'm sure just having the marketing prowess of Disney behind you is going to change the reception of this film. And the movie Dune, which we talked about just before the break, that is being pushed back to December of 2021, that helps 
a movie like Free Guy, one of these mid-tier movies. In a, in just basically in reality, it's a mid-tier movie. It helps it out immensely and it brings yeah. it up into a higher platform. People that weren't going to be aware of it are now becoming aware of Free Guy and will become aware of Free Guy and maybe that's an option for them because they're not going to have as many options at that point in time in December. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts out there on Free Guy possibly becoming the biggest hit of 2020? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, news just hit during our show that GameStop and Microsoft have set up a deal, which is something we will talk about on the Monday show. Josh and I are going to break that down. I'm going to take some time to analyze it, but I do want to give everybody a heads up that Microsoft and GameStop have made a deal as far as maybe promotional, exclusivity, things of that nature. So this could be a way to help the extremely struggling GameStop stay afloat, at least for the next couple of years. But we'll see. Again, check out the Monday show with Josh and I, where we'll break this down even more and see if that could be a saving grace for the company going forward. I want to go ahead, before we hit up Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, He's coming up here on this back half of the show for everyone out there listening on audio outlets. I want to go ahead and give one more some props. They sent me out this right here. Now, this might not look as much. In fact, a lot of people out there are no longer interested in corded earphones. They love to work out. They love the earbuds. They love to go ahead and have everything as far as the ear pods, whether it's Apple or whatever maker that's out there in their ears now. They love the wireless transportability, the Bluetooth and all that. Well, I recently got sent over buy one more, these quad driver in-ear headphones. And I'll tell you what, I understand that people love their accessibility and they love their AirPods. I'm not gonna tell them differently on that, but there are a select few out there that still love their corded earphones because they think they provide a little bit better sound quality. And these are one of the few headphones, in fact, it was the first headphones that were certified by THX. So these are the first THX certified in-ear headphones. The sound on these are amazing. And I got a full review of it, again, at popculturecosmos.com. You want to check it out. It's right there for you. These are small little earbuds with really nice drivers. But as they fit in your ears, it fits really comfy at a 45-degree angle. But again, the sound is truly amazing. It is the first to be THX certified, but it is corded. And I get that. So a lot of people are saying, hey, I want a Bluetooth option. You know what? They do have a package that you can get on Amazon right now that comes with this right here. That's a Bluetooth adapter for you. And it fits. It has a nice little clip. It's got a little button right there to go ahead and manage through as far as your tracks or calls or what have you. But you can also do that from the earphones as well. I will tell you this. If you're interested in quality sound that you may not be getting from your earpods, I think a definite outlook you just need to look at is the one more quad driver in here headphones if you still want to deal with corded. But if you want cordless option for $29.99 extra or as a package on Amazon, and I'll put it in the links in the description that you can go ahead and, and check out, you can get this Bluetooth adapter from one more as well. So I, I had a great time with it. You can check out my full thoughts on both where I give honest reviews and what my thoughts are on it at popculturecosmos.com. But my friend, I know a lot of people are earpod lovers, and I know that you see on interviews all the time, they've got the earpods on, whether it's Apple's, whether it's Samsung's, not like your over-the-ear headsets. I'm talking no, about No, 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 yeah, like the actual blue, white, you know, headphones. Yeah, just like, and, yeah, you know. right there. 
So I understand that that's going to be a trend of the future, but there are a select few out there that love their corded earphones. And if you do love corded earphones because you think they provide a little bit better sound and also the latency issue that sometimes comes about when you're dealing with just strict Bluetooth earpods, I think this is probably the, the best way to go. So again, if you have someone in your life that loves to work out with corded earphones or loves to listen to corded earphones at work, this is definitely a great option because it is, again, the first to be certified by THX. All you audiophiles out there, make sure you get on that one more quad driver in your headphone then. There I mean, you go. And again, check out my thoughts on it. And also there are links there to go ahead if you are interested in purchasing it. That's available now for you at popculturecosmos.com. My friend, I'm also going to give everybody a heads up on the Monday program. I'm going to be giving you a matchup between the Turtle Beach Stealth 600 and Stealth 700. Which one is better? Which one is better for your money? I'm going to tell you that on the Monday show. So I'm in the middle of going ahead and deciding which one is better, the 600s or the 700s. So I'm going to let you know on the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos. Before we hit the break, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and pay our respects. So I think I'll do it right now and pay our respects to some music artists that, that actually passed away. And, some very influential ones. In fact, one of the greatest guitar players of all time and a very underrated keyboard player as well, Eddie Van Halen, passed away this week at the age of 65 from cancer. So I want to hear your thoughts. I know myself how much Van Halen was to me. It was maybe not one of my upper echelon groups, but I could not help but love Panama. I could not help but love Jump. I could not help but love all the great songs that they had, whether it was David Lee Roth, whether it was Sammy Hagar, didn't matter to me. Van Halen rocked, and there were certain points of times, whether I had the top down on the car or I'm driving on the freeway. <laughs> My gosh, there's no better band to play than Van Halen. This is a big loss for us here. Eddie Van Halen definitely piloted that entire style of playing the guitar. Well, he Man, was the first to really initiate as far as on the hammer itself, on the ends, with two hands. Yeah, a lot the of guitars, double hand playing style. Yeah, yes. He initiated that. He really just revolutionized that. In fact, he created his own guitar out of a Fender and a Strat to create that. The yeah, the Frankenstein, yeah. based off of Frankenstein. And that actually got patented. So he actually well, helped initiate that type of movement. And his unique style of guitar solos is unmatched. I mean, him and Jimi Hendrix, was, they're two of my top guitar players of all time. I'll tell you what, I did not know until today that he was the guitar solo for Michael yep. Jackson's Beat It. Absolutely. I had no clue. You had no clue? <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, you're missing out, man. Because, yeah, he did actually perform. And actually, I think he was in live performances with him. And, yeah, it. tremendous guitar player. But, again, he also provided the keyboards to I'll Wait, the big hit that they had with Sammy Hagar, just very keyboard heavy. He loved messing around with the keyboard as well. So a truly, truly talented musician and one of the greats of all time i will dearly miss him i understand that this probably just finishes off all the feuding and infighting with van halen so we'll never see a comeback tour obviously now right but at the very end at the ending years to see the infighting and the what went on with with van halen it's very sad to see them not go ahead and really get back to where we wanted them to but as a marquee band for the 80s and early 90s there was none better 
Yeah, I mean, they totally shaped the sound of the 80s. You know, when you think back to Run With The Devil or even Jump, Jump was 1984, Run yep. With The Devil was 1978. You start looking at other things, Beat It was 1982. But I mean, like a lot of their songs- Right for, now you know, is right... the one with Sammy Hagar that everybody okay. seemed to also put in there. But I mean, you start looking at the dates on those, they really did shape the sound of the 80s and they continued to shape the sound of the 80s. It started in 1978 and just started plowing through and, and pumping out songs that were major hits at the time. I think it was their first album made it to number 19 on the billboard chart just out the gate this is a band that had a major pop culture influence for us and to lose eddie van halen now is it's you know it's it, it's it stings a little bit you know this is a guy that was a very 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 talented musician but he also lived a hard life and uh he did. unfortunately when you live the hard life uh at some point in time you may have to pay the man indeed but our respects yeah. and thoughts and condolences are with the family of eddie van halen who passed away this week at the age of 65. I also want to give a shout out as far as paying respects to the family of Johnny Nash. Not as familiar name, but everyone I think out there at some point in time will hear the song, I Can See Clearly Now. And unfortunately he has passed away as well, I think at the age of 80. So I wish his family all the best. Our condolences to them. We lost two great artists that have left us tremendous works. So hopefully you'll get to hear not only I Can See Clearly Now, but Go ahead through the back catalog of Van Halen songs and give them both a listen to this weekend. What are your thoughts out there on the loss of Eddie Van Halen and Johnny Nash? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Right after the break, it's Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's going to go ahead and share his thoughts on the video game scene with the console generation coming out in the not-too-distant future, plus the world of esports. Where is everything at in his opinion? You got to go ahead and check out my conversation of Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal and the awesome podcast Lamp Parties coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, we're back with the program. This is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. We cannot thank you enough for listening. We truly appreciate it. Well, it's always a great time when I can talk video games because you know I talk pop culture all the time on the show, but... It's always a great time when I can talk video games because that's my first love from way back when. Well, okay, way, way, way back <laughs> when. But here today to talk with me about the video game scene and also esports is, I'll tell you what, I called him before the show a podcast hustler because he is a major podcast hustler out there. And you know why? Because he's got an awesome show. He, along with Ryan Smith, they co-host Land Parties, a video gaming podcast extraordinaire, which you got to catch either on the Las Vegas Review Journal website, or you can go ahead and check it out wherever you get your podcast. It's available on Blue Wire, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. It is Lucas Egan. And Lucas, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the program today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I'm ready to get going. Getting into the gaming scene right now, I want to first ask you this. It's coming around the corner. As we speak, it's a little over a month away. On the 10th and the 12th, the Xbox Series 
can't say Xbox Series X because, you know, there's an S that get uh, denied there. So Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X, that comes out on the 10th. And then two mm -hmm. days later, kind of curious that they don't separate by at least a week like they did in the last generation, the PlayStation 5. So I want to hear your thoughts as we get into it in regards to the next generation this holiday. What are some of the things that are you most looking forward to first off? We'll just go with the positive first before we hit the negatives. So I am a big PlayStation gamer. I have a PS4. You know, Sony has so many great first-party IPs here that, that I'm ready to see. You know, out of the games they've announced, that's probably the furthest away, but I'm, I'm super looking forward to God of War. Obviously, the 2018 God of War masterpiece, amazing yes. game. So I am all for that. And, you know, most of my friends are on PlayStation, so that's the system that that I just have felt that community in the most. What I will say this, though, is Xbox for the long game looks to be incredibly well set up. All the studios they just bought are going to bear some amazing fruit if you give them enough time. So it's pretty interesting. Like, if you're talking about initially Sony's more immediate future looks amazing, right? So much momentum off the PS4. The PS5 is going to sell amazing. But Xbox fans should be happy too because you are going to get so many great games from all those studios over the course of a few years that I would be super excited. Not to mention Game Pass is such an incredible value that, you know, if you're a gamer on a budget, if you buy a Series S and get Game Pass, I mean, oh my goodness, that's, a, that's an amazing value right there. I have an affinity for all three, but going into it, I'm going to be honest with you, Lucas. I mean, Xbox buying Bethesda, that changes mm -hmm. the ball game. I mean, I'm, I think it's a message to everyone out there that they're tired of being number three, that they're tired of being the, I guess, the afterthought when it comes to each and every console generation. What does Xbox need to continue to do in this next generation to pair themselves up with PlayStation 5? And also, let's not forget about the Nintendo Switch. I am looking for Xbox to come out with that variety of killer games. One thing that Sony was able to build up through series like Uncharted, The Last of Us, through series like Ghost of Tsushima, Infamous, they had just this variety of content. And then they reached all those deals. So they, they were getting content first for like Destiny and Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. So they really set themselves up as almost no matter what kind of gamer you are, you can find it on PlayStation. And for some of the biggest multi-platform games, you were going to get stuff first on PlayStation. So mainly I think it was kind of changing the narrative. And, you know, so when we say with looking ahead to the future, all these studios, obviously Bethesda, just the range of titles that they're going to get just by getting that studio is going to be amazing. And, you know, you you start to wonder about the two big games on the horizon, right? Um, and you start to talk about uh, Elder Scrolls and Star Starlink. Uh, <laughs> whenever we start to find out more about those two games, you know, are those going to be Xbox exclusives or at least timed exclusives? You'd think so, right? So that takes a lot of impact with it. Plus, you know, obviously you're getting the rights to Doom and all those amazing, yes. fantastic franchises. So... I think the other thing that Microsoft has done really well is, you know, the Xbox One just got off to such a bad start PR-wise. There were so many fumbles with the way they messaged that system. They were playing catch-up before they launched, and that's certainly not the case here because they are 
coming out swinging. They're saying, we're serious about gamers. We're serious about bringing you a range of experiences. And if you stick with us, you're going to get content you can't get on the other platforms. Plus, they're being... Uh, looking ahead to the future with Game Pass and with their streaming service. So they're saying, hey, stick with us because we know what's coming and we've invested heavily in that through the years. So we're going to be ready and first when streaming becomes way more prominent than it is right now. When it comes to Xbox, I mean, I was talking about it with Marcus Taylor Garza, my co-host on the Friday show, and we had discussed this and I had said, there's no way Elder Scrolls is going to come out multi-platform from day one. And then I thought more about it. What a better way to send a message on exclusivity. What a, ba- what a better way to sell your product than by making one of the, the successor to one of the most definable games of this past decade in Skyrim, which was, as you know, was on conceivably every platform <laughs> that known to man, seemingly, because it was just like, ported, oh, it's ported here, it's ported there, ported here. But it led to, I believe, 35 million in sales. So obviously it was a big win for Bethesda. And to not take the opportunity to go ahead and make that exclusive, I'm beginning to think that that's what they might do. Yeah, you think so. Like you just said, that would be quite the battle line being drawn. Because they could do it on Fallout after the bad blood of Fallout 76, because Fallout no longer has the premier name. Now, all it takes is, as you know, one great game to get that back. But right now, of the the two, I'd say Elder Scrolls would be the more enticing of the two. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Fallout just needs to refine their footing. You know, it's and it's funny because the Fallout series had always had those uh, glitches that people before Fallout seventy six just said, "Oh, you know, it adds to its charm." But then you get Fallout seventy six, which is kind of a dumpster fire at first, and all of a sudden that that narrative changed real fast. Absolutely, and. I will tell you what, though, I understand your PlayStation game. I have a very great fondness for PlayStation games. Like I said, Uncharted and and obviously Mm -hmm. The Last of Us. And then you go on and on and on, God of War. And then, like, I'm very excited for it. So ultimately, the systems right here will be replaced, both of them, at some point in time. It's just dependent on which one do I prioritize prioritize first. And I think a lot of other people out there are doing the same thing because, as you know... If they want to get the one that they really liked, the 299 is great for standard televisions and things of that nature. But if somebody has 4K and wants the cutting edge, they're going to have to go 499 at least yep. on the Xbox. And they can go digital only 399 on the PlayStation 5. Otherwise, they go for the, the, the Blu-ray version at 499 but what is Sony trying to do? Because right now, that's what I see a problem with both of them. The future is looking very good. But the present is kind of struggling because, as it looks right now, coming out next month, we're going to have a hard time finding any really good, inviting games that people are going to go ahead and say, you know what, this is the reason why I need to buy that. You know what I mean? Halo with the original yep. Xbox. That was a reason why you bought that system. There is no exclusive game to those consoles, either console generation, that makes you scream, man, I got to go ahead and get that console. Yeah, you're right. It's We're in that weird period where during a launch window, a lot of those games are also coming for the previous generation of systems just to maximize sales because the install bases of the previous generation are so much bigger. So when you look at a game like Miles Morales, uh, you look at a game like Cyberpunk, you know, obviously all those are still coming to PS4 and Xbox One. And 
it's an interesting point because at 499 for the top of the line models given the climate we're all in today that's probably a harder ask to get people to spend that kind of money than it would have been in a uh, more normal year you know and it, it's interesting too because 499 i'm torn on that on one hand it was on the low end of what i thought it was going to be like i was really afraid it was going to be 599 or maybe 699 or something like that but 499 is still a hundred bucks more than what the PS4 launched at. And there's something about when you start approaching that price point, you start to think, would I be better off by saving a little bit more to just invest in a gaming PC? And I don't know, it, it's a weird price point. And given the economic climate, it's a harder ask. Plus, with all those games coming, most of them coming to current gen systems. Yeah. It, it's it's a harder it's a harder ask to get people to invest right away. Well, it's also harder to ask these development studios to say, "Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and put it on this system that might, by what six months down the line, have 10 million combined between both of them as far as distribute out there." Instead of saying, "Hey, I want to put this game out on the PlayStation 4, which has over 100 million sold, and let's say the Xbox One has maybe 40 to 50." So I'm just going to ignore right. that market. You can't do that. Not with the economics just don't add up, especially in today's climate. And, you know, you you can also say, too, that early games never take full advantage of the system. Yeah. So you're, you're not even getting the true next-gen feel probably until a year in after that when, when studios can actually see what these systems are capable of and can develop just for that system. So it's arguable that you're not even missing that much early on by not going in day one well it is going to be a decision for a lot of people starting next month now i know that there's been issues trying to order one good luck us pretty much <laughs> i know my other co-host on my monday show has had an issue with scalping and things of that nature i mean if you got to go ahead and get one i'm sure you're going to go ahead and try and do your best to find one but yeah right now with the pre-ordering snafus on both sides it's been hard but again, it comes out the 10th and the 12th, the Xbox series, and of course the PlayStation 5. And I'd say wait for the landscape to see how that meshes out because there are a lot of great games that are still looking pretty darn good on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One at this point in time. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. If you 100% need next-gen systems, I would say probably wait on the Xbox until some of their studios start putting out some of those games because that will be such an amazing time to jump in once you see those games come to fruition in the meantime probably not as urgent especially with halo being delayed to jump into xbox day one is how i feel once again i'm speaking to lucas again he is the man behind <laughs> along with ryan smith land parties a video game podcast that's out it's a great podcast indeed you got to check it out either on the las vegas review journal website or anywhere you get your podcast. I mean, this guy promotes it as best he can, better than anybody else on the internet. Also, he's got great articles on the Las Vegas Review Journal as well. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LVRJ.com. But before we head on out, two last questions I got to hit you up with is the state of esports. And you recently covered that on one of your latest podcasts. And people have to check out because it's a deep dive discussion on the world of esports and where we're at. I'm not going to say I'm not esports naysayer because I enjoy esports. I watch the NBA 2K League, Call of Duty. I've watched several others, avidly watched on Twitch, and now I'm trying to really get into Facebook Live because I promote and also do a lot of streaming on Facebook Live. So I'm 
trying to support Facebook Live streamers out there. And you obviously being at home in the middle of a pandemic for most of these people like myself and like yourself, it's been something we're paying more attention to. We're watching more streams, we're watching more Twitch, things of that nature, and the numbers are going up. I mean, obviously for the competitions that are still out there, they're going into the millions. But I don't see still the connectivity to a larger casual audience. I don't see esports yet being at that point where it needs to be. A couple of years ago, we were talking about esports being on that fringe because they were on ESPN, on TNT, uh. on TBS here in the United States. I know esports has got into the higher realm in Europe and especially in the Asian markets. Next to soccer, I mean, one of the biggest things out there. But here in the United States, it's still something that has a stigma attached to it for the casual individual out there. What do you think it's going to take to go ahead and get esports to that next level? Because I've equated it to UFC. UFC was thought mm -hmm. of as almost like pro wrestling in that realm. But then they got some legitimate stars. They showcased themselves on a platform with the Ultimate Fighter. They got their product over, and now they're considered at one of the top levels of sports. How can esports do the same? You know, I think it starts with being more open with their athletes. You know, you think of other sports and their biggest stars, like a LeBron James, like an Aaron Rodgers. They're out in commercials. They're out doing interviews. You know, you kind of know the stories behind them. That doesn't happen with esports, at least not in the States. You know, we're not seeing a player open up. You know, you don't know about what they overcame. You don't know about their story to get to that point. And people love to attach themselves to stories. You know, everybody loves a good overcoming story. Everybody loves a good underdog story. But it just seems like there's still that closed nature to esports where organizations try and keep things so tight around the narrative around their players that they won't let them be vulnerable almost around to, to people. And I think that would cause a more emotional connection to a casual audience. The other problem that I do see here is so many games are being classified as esports when they arguably shouldn't be. And that's just kind of making the definition of esports even more confusing than it already is. It's tough for a potential esports fan to jump in because they're the you know you Google esports, you're going to see this long list of games, and if you're not already a fan of one of those games, it's hard to jump in. So it would be nice to have a. a easier introduction into those esports i don't know if that's through the broadcast uh you know that roundtable discussion we had on our podcast somebody mentioned that you know kind of easing people into it explaining things a little bit more on the front end so they can understand more what's going on on the back end because otherwise you know it's like if you're not if you're not a football fan and you try and sit down and watch an NFL game, you're going to be lost. You don't know the nuances. And so you might get turned off pretty easily. And, and once you get turned off to something, it's really hard to win them over. So the ease of access, they need more clarity on what an eSport is instead of throwing every game that's competitive as an eSport. You know, games can be competitive without being an eSport. There's got to be a tighter definition of that. And then driving narratives with players pushing a star they need that transcendent star you know like a ninja to kind of push it been saying that for three years my friend been saying <laughs> that for three years that's pretty much what's going to take is that mercurial star or feud to get mm -hmm. behind sometimes that does it so to a certain audience people will flock to it and they'll be supportive of it and they'll really get behind 
it as far as various avenues are concerned it's it's such a hard it's it's now so so broad as far as the explanation of that because everybody now thri- tries to throw it under the esports umbrella because it's so cool and right. it's corporate sponsored and things of that nature so there's a lot to think about there but if they can overcome that and do the things that you're asking and what i'm asking i think it can get over to a worldwide audience I agree. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, but whenever life gets back to normal, knock on wood, that it happens someday soon, uh, that's going to be the real test, right? When things are back to normal, when when the average viewer has every piece of entertainment that was at their disposal before, how many of them still choose esports in their normal routine? That's, That's the true test. I'll tell you what, it's been a great conversation. If anybody out there really wants to get to know Lucas more or ask questions or have thoughts on the video game scene, they just got to go ahead and hit him up at LVRJ.com. That's the Las Vegas Review Journal, one of the largest newspapers in the entire United States. Because you know what? Every time I go every Sunday to buy an edition, it seems like it is because it's pretty darn thick. But I will say you also got to catch his show again with Ryan Smith. But before we head on out, it's Christmas, and if there's one game this holiday that you think you want the most, what would it be? It is a hard choice, but my answer, and <laughs> the reason is kind of funny, would be Cyberpunk, because Keanu Reeves is my favorite actor of all time. Just on that fact is the reason why I'm saying Cyberpunk all day, every day. Keanu Sans indeed, yes. Keanu Reeves... I think his star power is going to bring that game to great success, at least initially. This is the most hyped game of the holiday season by a little bit over Call of Duty. And whether or not it outsells it, I don't think it will, but it'll be close. I will say Red Dead Redemption numbers are not out of the realm of possibility. So I'm thinking there's a lot of hype to this game. So I'm, I'm hoping that the hype will match the success and also what we think of the game as well. I agree. And you know what? This game had been announced so many years ago, so I'm just ready for it to come out too. And I'm just hoping it lives up to its potential. Absolutely, indeed. But before we head on out, Lucas, like I said, you host, along with Ryan Smith, a great show, Land Parties. You work so hard on promoting this podcast. I got to give you, again, all the props for it. But before we head (laughs) on out, you got to do a little bit more promotion there, my friend. Why should people check out Land Parties? People should listen to Land Parties because we bring you interviews with some of gaming's biggest names and rising stars. Past interviews have included Nolan North, Jen Taylor, Travis Willingham, and Sandra Saad. So, you know, we try and get a range of guests and bring you insightful interviews. And I hope if you do listen, you have a lot of fun with it because we have a lot of fun making it. Absolutely. And once again, you can start by going to reviewjournal.com or lvrj.com. And you can check out Lamb Parties there or wherever you get your podcast on any format. It's all there for you. But again, my friend, it's been great having you on the show. Hope you get a chance to come back on the show and talk video games with us. Anytime. Because we're looking forward to have you back on right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Retro City Games where it's 10% off store-wide throughout the entire month of October. Either in Henderson or Las Vegas, they've got two great stores. Please head on down there to support local businesses today at Retro City Games. Thank you so much for listening and watching to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos along with my good friend, Mr. Marcus De La Carza. Cannot thank enough Lucas Egan from the Las Vegas Review Journal and Land Parties, the awesome video game podcast for stopping by on today's show. You know, it's that time for everybody out there to go ahead and start oh. thinking about what they want for this holiday season that, in my case, probably will not get. But you know what? I want to hear your thoughts on what you want. If you had five on your list of pop culture holiday gifts, what would they be? I'm going to Apple fanboy here for a second. Oh, uh, Android. Oh, I know, I know, ahead. I know. Go ahead. Uh, but I'm going to Apple fanboy here for a second. For those of you that don't have an Apple Watch, I think one of the top gifts I'm thinking from a wearable electronics perspective would be the Apple Watch SE. They just introduced it this year. It's got more limited capabilities than the Apple Watch 6 has, but it still has that larger Retina OLED display, and it's the perfect fitness tracker. The Nintendo Switch Lite, I mean, if you don't already have a Switch, this is another great pickup here. Good luck trying to get one. It's going to be the same thing with the, the follow-up here is, and I'm going to be the big ticket item person here, I guess. PS5 is the other one. Obviously, all these are contingent on stock being available, you being able to, to get your hands on some of that stock when it is available. There's a lot of ifs here. The other big thing for me is going to be the Apple AirPods Pro. When we were talking about the corded headphones with the One More Quad drivers, this is something that I was actually, like when you started talking about them, I was pretty excited about it. And, and the reason is, I think that we've lost a lot of audio quality over the last few years and switching over to Bluetooth. Yes, we've made huge strides in, in getting back some of that quality, but you're always going to have some issues with Bluetooth. So if you're not going to do the one more quad driver in your headphones, I would say take a look at the AirPods Pro. But it's definitely the headset that I'm looking forward to until the Sentian bone conduction headphones come out in the next six months. So that's three? That's, three, I think. No, that's four, technically. Okay. Four. Okay, what would be your last one, my friend? I, I actually don't have a last one for right now. If you give That's me a just list a few of minutes, five, man. Well, all right. Look, I gave you like a thousand dollars worth of electronics. Hold on, I asked this of Lucas, <laughs> and he said the same thing as far as PlayStation is the one he's interested in. But he also mentioned for him as a game that he wants above any other this holiday, it would be Cyberpunk 2077. So if you had the same choice to add this a fifth on the list, there's got to be a video game that you want more than any other. I mean, obviously, if I don't buy Call of Duty myself, I'm going to ask for that for Christmas. Uh, either that or Cyberpunk 2077. You know, we've talked about both of those games ad nauseum for the last few weeks. And it's I think either one of them are going to be a great, a great pickup. For me, I'm probably just going to go ahead and buy Call of Duty so that I can drag you into the, the zombie gameplay again. But if that doesn't happen, then yes, I'll put it on my Christmas. But for me, my list of five, I'm going to start off with the big one it would probably be... If I'm leaning towards the one now, and I said if I had to get one now, if the incentives on trading in my Xbox One or doing some other things to go ahead and get enough cashola for it or store credit for it, I'd probably say if I'm leaning towards one or the other, I'm going to be leaning towards the Xbox series, I think. Although, as I said to Lucas, I'm going to have both. It's inevitable. I'm going to get both. I'm looking right now at every single of this current generation right here to my left. So I'm going to have the same thing going on at the next generation. It's inevitable that I will have both, but I'm probably going to start with the Xbox. Number two, I'm thinking seriously hard about Call of Duty as well because it has that intriguing storyline that I'm really digging. 
plus again the, the zombies and of course the regular multiplayer. So I'm very interested in seeing how that is working out. Number three, I would probably say Cyberpunk 2077. It's the game that's had a lot of hype and Lucas Sagan, he said on the show, he's excited for it because of Keanu Reeves. I know Keanu Sans is in high order. A lot of people are excited for Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk 2077. It's gonna be a massive hit. It's gonna be massively pushed and massively advertised all over your face when it comes out in November. <laughs> Cause you're gonna see nothing but Keanu Reeves all over the place for it, whether it's live or on a commercial. So I'm definitely interested in getting Cyberpunk 2077. So that's number three for me. Number four on my holiday gifts list, it just got announced this week at number four. And Sean Astin himself announced it. And that is the Lord of the Rings 4K Blu-ray set that's going to be coming out. The whole set. What? All three just announced the Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King coming out in 4K Blu-ray. That's coming out this holiday season just in time. What do you know? So I'm going to go ahead and that would be for number four as someone who just worships the movies that the Lord of the Rings are based on. Absolutely love those movies. I would just be enthralled to that. Or if you could go ahead in a tie, give me that entire MCU library that was sold earlier this year, that entire 23 pack of Blu-rays. That would be yep. an awesome set indeed, but that's like no longer <laughs> available, I don't think. So it's, it's really hard to get. So I guess I'm going to have to be shorted out on that one. And number five, it's a simple thing. It's a Dungeons & Dragons t-shirt because over the past six months, I've gotten back into Dungeons & Dragons. I've really enjoyed my time. You check out our streams every Monday, or you can check out the Lost Mine of Fandiver. It's still all over the place on Facebook and wherever you get your videos on Facebook Live. You can see our streams. We have a great time doing it. I've enjoyed my time there, my time in Star Wars Mercenaries in that role-playing game. So there's a shirt that's being sold on GameStop. I know a lot of people have looked at it in my group, and they've laughed and they've enjoyed it and say they want that shirt. And that is with one dice, but the role, unfortunately, I get all too often, which is the number one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and one word right below it. Crap. Because you yes. just rolled a one, which is the worst role that you can get in Dungeons & Dragons. And as a laugh, I think it's good to have. So there you go. There's my list. Holiday I actually season. have a correction. Okay. Correction. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to butt in, Gerald, and give a correction of my own. I said AirPods Pro 2. I was looking at a story beforehand about how they're being delayed till 2021. So, uh, <laughs> in keeping with our theme, delays. There's Marcus' list with the correction. And then there's also my list of the five holiday gifts that we're both looking at this holiday season. What are your thoughts on your five holiday pop culture gifts for this holiday season? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, I know you wanted to talk Ted Lasso. So that's something that's been on your mind for a few weeks now. Tell me your thoughts on Ted Lasso before we head on out. I do want to say I'm interested to hear your perspective with Josh on how the GameStop deal is going to affect Microsoft's game sales because they just bought ZeniMax Media last week. So it seems like we're trying to control the entire marketplace here from production to sales. But let's talk Ted Lasso for a second. I just want to give a one-minute teaser on this show, give everybody a chance to at least go watch an episode, Gerald. But this is definitely one of those shows that's it's killing me right now, man. 
I can't believe it's not more watched. The premise behind it is, and people may or may not remember, but on NBC Sportsnet, they used to do commercials with Jason Sudeikis as an American football coach coaching an English Premier League soccer team. They built an entire TV show around this, and it's absolutely outstanding. Whether you love sports, you don't love sports, this is definitely one of those shows that you want to go watch. It's giving you all the best feels in the 2020 feeling record of a year. And it's uh, a perfect 30-minute show. I will say, let's put this disclaimer on it now, it's not a family show. It's not for young children. This is definitely an 18-plus show. It's British humor. Worth the watch. Outstandingly hilarious. And we'll break it down in full detail next week. Ted Lasso, I'll give it a watch and see what goes on with it. Just to give you a heads up on next week's PCC Multiverse, Ted Lasso. Just to let you know, Jamie's all in for Call of Duty with you, my friend. So he is going to go ahead and meet up with you on that, Degenerate2018 on Twitch. And Jamie, thanks so much again for watching. We truly appreciate it. Thanks, Jamie. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping... You have yourself a great Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to We Be Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at webegeeks.net. We Be Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.